KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Growing up in the Imperial Valley, east of San Diego, Fernando's Wifak Lopez Jr. had dreams of working on movies. Working on sci-fi films, specifically Star Wars, was my dream, and that clearly did not happen, but (laughs) that's what at least brought me to San Diego, was the hope of education in an environment where I wasn't constantly being harassed and bullied. Life in El Centro wasn't easy for Fernando, as they struggled with a difficult home life, an ill brother, and a parent's acrimonious divorce. But it was their sexuality that often caused the most pain. And it was San Diego that they looked to, to escape it. Welcome to My First Day, telling stories of those who've come to San Diego from elsewhere and now call it home. My name is Andrew Bracken. Often people feel the need to travel to faraway places to find where they belong. But for Fernando Lopez, a short drive across a desert landscape at dusk would suffice. Sometimes traveling a short distance can take you a whole world away. Fernando's story, after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Here's Fernando Lopez with his story of... My First Day. Yeah, growing up in the 80s in the Imperial Valley, I guess I have some good memories from before my brother got sick. Our house was the last house in the city. And so we could walk out of the house and go like pet the sheep that were eating alfalfa in the grass. That's sort of a weird thing maybe to think about here in San Diego, but we had a very big house and a big front yard and backyard, and it was the sort of community where um, everyone could ride bikes everywhere. And, you know, you leave your bikes out, and the kids are all over running around the town, and everyone just sort of felt safe in that way. And, yeah, no one locked their doors. I remember, like, walking down to my friend's house or biking to my friend's house, and, like, you always just opened the front door. You never knocked, and, like, that was just the culture And, you know, I mean, it's weird to say, but I remember before we got Avon's, you know, I remember like when you had a local grocer and a local butcher and a barbershop and they were not like these corporate name brands. You sort of think about a rural farming community in America. That's the Imperial Valley, except... The labor there is Latino. The labor there is Mexican. It was my family. With a Jewish mother from the East Coast and a father from Mexico, Fernando already felt a little different from other kids. But that difference was amplified by other personal discoveries. I think my parents had prepared me to be this person who was already different. But they did not prepare me to grow up as a queer person in the Imperial Valley. 
I knew that I liked girl things or what, you know, quote unquote girl things, right? Like I knew that I liked pink and I knew that I liked dresses and I, you know, I thought women were beautiful, but not in a way that I was attracted to them. And I, um, you know, I was a smart kid. And so. And that was early on. And that was early on. That was, I mean, I remember in kindergarten, like, you know, why can't I dress up like the fairy princess? Why do, you know, why am I told no? And why can't I play with Barbies? Like I wanted to play with Barbies and my little ponies and I wanted a rainbow bright doll. And um, I was told that I couldn't have one. And, you know, but my brother could have all the G.I. Joes that he wanted. And, you know, I was really into science and art. That's sort of the part of me that got nurtured and I got a you know chemistry set and I got like plastic dinosaurs that I could play with because I love studying dinosaurs. Just I was a nerd. I was a huge nerd. And so my p- parents really leaned into that. They were like, yeah, be a nerd. Learn all the smart things, you know, but we're not going to give you a My Little Pony. Uh, <laughs> and I'm so grateful that I was a smart little kid. Um, because school was school was never hard. I mean, the the kids dealing with kids was hard, but learning was never hard. Like learning was always just came really easily to me. I remember just you know being terrified of recess. Like think every kid is excited for recess. I was terrified of recess because it meant there was no adult supervision. And so in junior high, I would go and find a bush or uh, behind a trailer and take my lunch and hide. Everyone knew I was different and didn't want to be my friend because, you know, well, who wants to be friends with the gay kid? That's how stigmatized it was, and that's how lonely junior high felt. You know, high school was especially that first year um, was like peak family drama and um, I thought maybe it'll be different and like someone outed me at school and at that point like by the time I was 13 I, I had said to myself oh that gay thing yeah super that I am totally that is the thing that I am dudes yes I like dudes great Got it. Um, and I you know, sort of began to like unhinge that toxic sentiment that you place on yourself or the word that is placed on you. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, I am gay and I am also pretty amazing. So you all just have this wrong. What spurred that? Uh, I think it was the first time I kissed a boy and I was just like, oh, you are also gay and I am gay and that is what this means sort of just uncovering that for myself and being like no this feels great like this is wonderful you just sort of get it you know you you are that or you're not that and you want to kiss boys or you want to kiss girls or you don't and i kissed a boy and i was like oh this is what everyone's talking about oh hell yeah like (laughs) this is great after coming out to their father fernando's home life went from bad to worse And so Fernando decided to finish high school a year early and began to set their sights on a familiar place not far away. So I just, I remember San Diego being so beautiful and being so stricken with how gorgeous Mission Valley was before it was developed. And just thinking like, I didn't want to be in this desert that was this like very real, like actual desert, but also this desert of... I don't know, compassion. Like, there was nothing out there for me. Like, there was no life out there. 
um, as a desert and there was just like no life or future for me there. And San Diego with it's like the river and these gorgeous trees all in the valley like that. There was life in San Diego. As I got into high school, I started hearing these rumors about kids who were gay but in the closet and would move out of the Imperial Valley moved to San Diego because you know there's gay people there. And so it was like, there's this like hidden mecca of gay people that is cl close enough that if I, I go there, maybe I can find other gay people. <laughs> you would sort of hear, oh, well, you know so-and-so's cousin is gay and moved to San Diego. Oh, yeah, well, I also know that so-and-so's sister is gay and she moved to there and oh and they're living together and oh great and so you would hear these stories there and you're like oh well maybe I can also go to San Diego where the gay people are. <laughs> I, I was hopeful that I would find whatever that meant whatever a gay community was because there certainly wasn't one out in the Imperial Valley. When we come back Fernando makes the trek. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of things, um, but I was really grateful that um, I had been given a car by my father and so I still had that and um, I was with my best friend Amanda and um, her house was where I had stayed a lot and so I just packed up my stuff and I hugged her goodbye and just drove off and I remember just being terrified because you as much as I'd been to San Diego I didn't know what it was going to be like without a real support network up here and yeah, you just don't, you don't know. You're like, literally felt like you were driving into the unknown. It was this summer day and you're driving to the desert and we get so many yellow butterflies. And I just have this like really vivid memory of these butterflies in the wind in the middle of the desert. And you're driving literally through butterflies, so your windshield's getting splattered with these yellow butterflies, and you're seeing their dead bodies in the road, and you're also watching how beautiful it is. These like clouds of yellow butterflies, and it was just this very bizarre, beautiful, and traumatic thing. And I just remember really feeling connected to that moment in this moment of change in my life that I was like, God, how appropriate that I'm watching this really beautiful thing that is also really gross and devastating happened. And I and it was literally driving off into the sunset towards San Diego. I drove past the now leaving El Centro sign and I flipped it off on the way out. <laughs> and just feeling grateful that I had made it that far. I had met someone online who was about my age I mean I think maybe it was exactly my age and a gay kid who lived in San Diego and I had made arrangements like I am in San Diego I will meet you and like you will show me these this world and so that was part of my first day and took me to my very first like gay party 
<laughs> and it was all Latinos and all gay guys. And I was just like, oh, my God, you do exist. I mean, at that, the end of that day, is like, okay, well, this, like, I can do this. This is hope. Today, Fernando Lopez is the executive director of San Diego Pride, an LGBTQ advocacy organization and organizer of the annual San Diego Pride Parade. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, along with help from Melissa Diaz. Our email is myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. On Instagram, we're at myfirstdaystories. You can also find me at andrewbracken.com. Music by Jason Began. Theme music by Chris Curtis. Additional music by Annie Cordero. For KPBS, Emily Jankowski's technical director. Kinsey Moreland's podcast coordinator. Lisa Jane Morissette's operations manager. And John Decker's director of programming. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with more My First Day Stories. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.